All right, enough of that. <clears throat> I'm 24. This is my podcast. 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. God, just woke up. I mean, it's not that I just woke up. That's not necessarily accurate. Hold on, let me plug in my computer. I didn't like just wake up. It's more along the lines that I like woke up and I like an hour later, I'm like, yeah, I'm podcasting. I still haven't watched the new Moon Knight episode. I was so excited about it. Got my tea here. Mm. I always wake up with an irritated throat. It's spring. My allergies come out and like full effect. So let's get started, right? Woke up or not woke up, did a podcast late, 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 late last night, really early morning this morning, Wednesday. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm going to do a mock draft. I'm going to do the final mock draft of the year. Thank God. Holy smokes. I know everybody is fatigued about doing mock drafts and things of that nature, but I kind of want to help you as a viewer navigate some of the intricacies, some of the pitfalls that we're going to have within the next like 24 hours, a little bit over 24 hours at this point. Hold on, let me take another swig of my tea. And also I'll be talking about certain teams as well and certain players that they should potentially go after and get as I have Twitter open. Hold on. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. Laramie Tunsil just tweeted out something. This is why I hate doing the podcast super early in the morning because it's just like news is constantly breaking. But Laramie Tunsil just tweeted something out. I'm guessing about the gas mask. So here we go. Uh, this is the tweet and then we'll get started with the mock draft. By the way, apparently Kim, I, I got to talk about this. Kim Kardashian, apparently like it looks like she photoshopped her belly button out of a picture or she's just wearing like really, really, or her belly button is like super low. I don't know. She went on a rant about it. She does. It does look like she photoshopped her belly button, but she, it looks like she's also wearing like low waisted sweatpants as well as the Batman, the new movie. It's getting a sequel. Thank God. That's what's like some of the stuff that I have trending on Twitter right now. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I have OCD and ADHD or ADD. I don't know. Attention deficit disorder. I don't know. I get very, very easily distracted. Anyways, here's Laramie Tuntle's kind of Twitter thread, thread, excuse me, about the gas mask that happened six years ago. If you don't know what I'm talking about, essentially the gas mask was and is this video of him, I think maybe like of him as like a really, really young college player. So not the year that he got drafted or in high school where he's essentially like ripping a fat bong uh, with a gas mask on. And uh, it literally circulated the day of the draft. And it caused his draft stock to fall. 
and he goes from being one of the best players in the draft to still like one of the best players in the draft. Miami was like, thanks, morons. We'll take him regardless. And it caused, it's, it's just an infamous video of, of, uh, of him ripping a fat bong and the, um, the implications were and are that his draft stock fell. That's essentially it. Anyways, here's Laramie Tuntle's Twitter thread about it. For the past six years, I've been asked about this moment, the gas mask. I, I've spent six years trying to do rather than say on the field and off the field. Fall 2021, I spoke with Complex for the first time about this moment and today, the day before draft day. I'm officially moving on and putting this moment in the past. I'm minting a one of one NFT of the infamous gas mask video to be listed. A portion of the proceeds will benefit Last Prisoner Project, which supports those incarcerated for for cannabis offenses. And he links the foundation, I think. No, he just links the... um, the video, the NFT. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. That's hilarious. Oh my God. How much is it going? Hold on. Hold on. Let me continue forward. I'm looking forward and excited for the future. And I'm grateful for all of those that supported me on my draft night and those that have, and will continue to support my journey. So he just minted it. He just made it into an NFT. How much does it cost? I'm not, I'm not going to connect my wallet. I have to buy bit. I have to buy like cryptocurrency. It's like 0.25 of one Ethereum, which is what? Holy shit. He wants, he wants 71 grand. Hold on. There's no way that can be right. 0.25. My bad. 0.25. Ethereum. It's not it's not the euro, but it's like it's Ethereum. He wants Okay, uh, no, it's it's 25. I was like that doesn't seem right at all. I'm like he wants 25 grand. It's $710. He wants $710. I was like he wants 75 grand now. Google put it in wrong. They thought I meant 25. I'm like I don't mean 25, I meant 25. So he wants $700 for his video. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I don't know how much, maybe not fair. I don't know how many, how much an NFT is worth. I think most, I think for the most part, NFTs are garbage. They're useless. Why would you want the first NFT when you can like, I feel like NFTs are one of those things that it's just like, dude, I can just download the video online. What like, who cares about the original? The original doesn't matter. Like I'll retire, like the, the original video is technically the video that he shot himself that he, may or may not have that's the original video they're like the first digital video and it's just like who the fuck cares i don't know i feel like nfts i feel like cryptocurrency will last for a very very long time i feel like nfts are going to be something that people look at like 10 years down the road as like something absolutely and completely dumb Oh my god. Really? Anyways. Being off of Laramie Tunsil's new NFT, 
ironically enough, two teams in his division are in the top 10. Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville at number one. Let's start there. Get settled in. We're going to be here for like maybe two hours. The last, as I'm like, as I'm stretching. The last mock draft that I had was for about two hours. Something really, really close to that. So yeah, get very, very comfortable because it's, it's going to be a while. So. Let's start off with Jacksonville. Jacksonville just had a bit of breaking news kind of develop coming straight out of Ian Rappaport, and that is that the Jacksonville Jaguars are re-signing their tackle Cam Robinson to a long-term deal. That's, that's what it is. We're re-signing him now. The deal itself is three years, $54 million. So it's like a little bit over $12, $13 million, something like that per year. And, you know, I actually decided, you know, let me do some research. Let me do some homework today. I always talk about doing homework. I looked up how many sacks did Jacksonville give up last year. And shockingly enough, they were one of the top five teams when it came to sacks. Or hold on. Was it sacks given up or sacks per game? Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, no. They were one of NFL team sacks. I was just like, are, was it sacks per game or is it? I, it's a, it's a confused. Hold on. Let me look up sacks allowed. Cause that's the, cause I, I looked it up and I was like, they all, they got 1.9 sacks per, they let up 1.9 sacks per game. I was just like, that's awesome. Then I was like, wait, is it sacks allowed or sacks gotten? And it looks like I looked it up wrong. Hold on. Hold on. Passing offense, quarterback sacked per game. There we go. Oh, ja oh yeah, like, yeah. They were one of the top 10 teams when it came to getting their quarterback sacked. Or no, 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 no. I had it right. Yeah, I had it right. They were one of the best teams, excuse me, when it came to not allowing their quarterback to get sacked per game. Yeah, I was right. I didn't look it up wrong. I was right. 1.9. They're letting up almost two sacks per game. Uh, a little bit of context. Tampa had let Tom Brady get sacked 1.6 times per, per game. New England, 1.7. Rams, 1.8. Right? So they were one of the top 10 sack teams in the NFL. Let me take a swig of my tea and let me tell you why that matters. We have the data now. We have the information. We have the knowledge. We now know why they are so hesitant to go after a top tier. As I try to find my lighter, I'm trying to light my candle here. We now know why they're not going to go after an offensive tackle. And they made that very, very clear and definitive this season. Or not this season, but today. They re-signed Cam Robinson. And then it's just like, oh, they didn't let up any sacks. For the most part, they were one of the top 10 teams when it came to sacks. 
And then hold on, let me also look up their pressure rates as well. How many times did he get pressured here? Or do they not have that? No, they don't have the pressure rate. Hold on, what's also the sack percentage? Yeah, they were one of the top 10 teams when it came to how, how often they got sacked. They got sacked seven times, or they were one of the top 10 teams when it came to sack percentage. Seven, they were seventh at 5% of plays, 5.03% of plays. They were one of the best teams in not allowing the quarterback to get hit. Or more specifically, sacked. Begs the question, like, why did they play so badly then? Regardless, they're probably thinking to themselves, we're one of the, and rightfully so, we're one of the, I mean, but I, I don't know. Statistics aren't necessarily everything. Pittsburgh was terrible as an offense, and they're one of the best teams when it comes to not letting their quarterback get sacked either. Let me also look up snap to pass as well. Hold on. Look up snap to pass. Do they have that? Snap to pass being how long it takes for you to both snap the football and then throw it. Do you have snap to pass? I'm on teamrankings.com, by the way. And they don't seem to have it. That's fine. Point is, Jacksonville believes that they are fine with tackle. And now with the re-signing of Cam Robinson, they're definitively going to move forward and move ahead with probably a pass rusher, which... I still think Evan Neal is much, 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 much better than Cam Robinson. I also feel like he's much better than whoever, but I'm not going to fight anymore on this. I'm just going to lay down my arms, surrender, wave the white flag. Jacksonville's probably not going to draft a tackle. I think Doug Peterson probably just got talked into uh, not drafting a tackle as well. Whether or not we're both wrong or right on this, we will literally see tomorrow. However... There are core, there, it, it's, it's very, very obvious that Jacksonville is probably going to take a edge rusher, and we'll kind of see who that is here in a couple of seconds. Hold on, let me finish off my teeth. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So, Jacksonville, there's been rumors that, uh, not even rumors really, but they have been essentially linked to Aiden Hutchinson and Travon Walker. Travon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, the absolute stud, the phenom that can play a bajillion different positions, and Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from or edge rusher from Michigan. Really, really awesome player. According to most people, I am lower on him than most. It's been those two players that have been linked to him. And do you want to know what? I'm just going to be honest with you. I think it's Aiden Hutchinson. Like, as of right now, I'm, this isn't necessarily going to... I don't want this to be perceived as, oh, I'm trying to essentially go team by team, player by player, trying to predict what player is going to go where. Definitively speaking, I just... This is... It's more specifically, it's like, I. this is what I think 
could happen. There's so many different permutations. We're going to talk into the nuances of each and every single pick. We're already like 20 minutes in almost. So And, and we haven't even selected a player. This is going to take a long time. Things of that nature. Don't worry. We'll, we will get through it. But there's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of complexity to it. But I think that Jacksonville, they're eyeing an edge rusher. They're eyeing one of the big boys. They're eyeing Aiden. They're eyeing Kavion. They're eyeing Trevon Walker. Apparently, Trayvon Walker is also up for play for them. It's not as like easy of a slam dunk. It's not just, oh yeah, we have the number one overall pick. Apparently, and I said this yesterday, I, I, I talked about how apparently they've been looking to try and trade out of the first round. Or not the first round, but the first overall pick, which I completely agree with. They need to. They have a quarterback, and they also... I got a burp. Excuse me. They have a quarterback, and there's no Nick Bosa. There's no Nick Bosa. There's no definitive, awesome football player in this draft, which is why they're like, eh, let's try and find somebody else. I'm not going to delay any further. They're probably going to get Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kavion Thibodeau. I would be shocked if it's not one of those three guys, if you want my honest opinion about it. Uh, next up is, and I like a, I had Jacksonville for this situation. I had them just getting Aiden Hutchinson. It's it's one of the more talked about picks. It's It's one of the more consistently picked picks. Lions. Lions are in a weird spot because... There's so many pieces that they need and none of which is more important than the quarterback. Look, if you're a Lions fan and if you have been told a crock of crap, crock of shit, just not, like, why not curse? I'm on the internet. Crock of shit in the sense of that the Lions are perfectly fine without a quarterback or without taking a quarterback and Jared Goff is exceptional and they can win seven, eight, nine, ten 10 games. The people who you're listening to have no idea what they're talking about. I don't have a problem saying that because that's the truth. You're in a division with Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields, who could be better than he was last year. We'll, we will see. And Kirk Cousins. Like, your quarterback, in my opinion, is the second worst or the worst. Hold on. Give me, like, two seconds here. Sorry about this. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Anyways, um, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, how Detroit needs a quarterback and how people are like, yeah, you know, no, they don't need a quarterback. They only need to go after and get an edge rusher or whomever. It's, look, if you're a Detroit Lions fan and if you don't have any consistency at the quarterback position, I have no idea how you're supposed to win football games. I really, really don't. It's one of the weird things that I think is really, really consistent with Detroit where they just seem to not understand how to build a proper football team 
This is where I would take Malik Willis, by the way. You want my honest opinion about it? I don't think they're going to take Malik Willis. I think that's too obvious, too smart to take Malik Willis. The interesting, you know, Detroit has been very, very quiet, and they have not articulated or hinted at certain things. Like, I haven't heard a quote or heard, you know, a rumor or whatever that's come out. I just haven't heard of anything to confirm that Malik Willis is going to go to Detroit. Or even Kenny Pickett. If you want my honest opinion about it. Dan Campbell said something interesting where he said that he wants a quarterback that can apparently come in and start for him. Apparently like week one, game one. Which probably isn't Malik Willis. I mean, I, mean, I, I like Malik Willis enough to, for him to play week one, game one. But I like... They want to win now, and I think they believe that they can win now, even though they don't have any football players. At least in my opinion, I think I don't think I don't I don't think Malik is going to be a Detroit Lion. I literally could be wrong within 24 hours because they haven't really said anything about him as a football player and the prospect of getting a quarterback. But there's this thing that's always in the back of my mind. This is the the dichotomy of doing this the thing that always like plagues me that's in the back of my mind is the fact that Dan Campbell kind of like called out Jared Goff midway through the season he was just like Jared has to play better and he will play better and all this other stuff like he has to help us win games and that kind of always sticks in the back of my mind and I wonder if it sticks in his mind as well because for me like I think he kind of knows that Jared Goff isn't going to get him anywhere close to where he wants to to go and that Jared Goff is kind of like a stopgap in his process to be able to get a quarterback and Jared Goff isn't the long-term guy for the Detroit Lions. But at the exact same time, I just, I don't have the information to confirm that. So I'll just, I'll just take the easy way out and I'll just, I'll just take um, an edge rusher like Trevon Walker or Kavion Thibodeau. I'll just take Trevon Walker here. And we'll see what happens. Or it could be Kavion Thibodeau, to be honest with you. Like, would it be Kavion Thibodeau? I don't know. Javon Walker, Kavion Thibodeau, Malik Willis, but I don't know if it will. I haven't heard of anything. They could just be really, really great at playing mind games and be extremely, extremely manipulative. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Texans at three. Some of this we covered last week where... I said the Texans are a bare bones, minimal, a non-existent expansion football team. They're irrelevant. And they need a lot more players than just like a tackle or a guard or whatever or whomever. They need a lot of football players. And that could not be, you know, that could not be more accurate than when we're standing here today, you know, or where we're at here today, I guess. They need an additional offensive lineman. They need an edge rusher. Kavion Thibodeau is available. I think they're a stupid, dumb franchise with a stupid owner and a dumb GM. I don't know what they're planning on doing. If you ask me, I would have traded back. This is my opinion on it. Speaking of trading back, right? If I scroll a little bit down to... Hold on, let me just make sure. Okay, sorry about that. 
All right, sorry about that. Um, anyways, as I scroll down to all of my picks, or not all of my picks, but like to the Eagles and to the Saints in the teens, you know, 15, 16, 18, and 19, those four picks, right? Eagles apparently want to trade up to potentially get Jamison Williams. Saints want to trade up to potentially get a quarterback, right? So the first two picks, Aiden Hutchinson and Trevon Walker, I think those are kind of set. Like Detroit and Jacksonville, maybe they don't get those players, but they're in that realm of like Evan Neal, Kavion Thibodeau, Trevon Walker, Malik Willis, Aiden Hutchinson, maybe Akeem Aquanu. Like, I think that those five to six players are in play for the top one to two. When you start to branch out from those two picks, that's when we get into the third and the fourth pick where potentially you could see some phone calls. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. A phone call to trade up to the top 10. And the reason why I say that, for the third and the fourth pick, you would trade, you'd go up and you would uh, give up uh, the Eagles or the Saints. You would go up and you would give up one of your top picks or two of your top picks in the first, trade up and move into the top 10. The reason why you would do that is to get either Malik Willis or Jamin Davis. And why you would do that third or fourth is that, and maybe even potentially second, depending on how much they're asking. The reason why you would do that is primarily because those three teams, those maybe not the Texans as much, unless Nick Casario is just dumb. Uh, he would definitely think of moving out of the top 10 and even the top five, try to get more players. But the Texans probably maybe want to trade out. I know the uh, the Giants and the Panthers, they both want to trade out as well, and the Lions and potentially the Jags. We'll see what happens. But Jets, Texans, this is where I would start making phone calls if I was the Eagles and the Saints to move up to potentially get my guy as well as Carolina and the Giants as well Carolina and the Giants they own five six seven Giants have two top 10 picks I'm like okay let's try and move up um, via those four teams that's what I would do if I was Saints and the Eagles the reality of the situation is is that the Saints have put themselves in a weird spot as well as the Eagles because for me personally speaking I feel like the Eagles could have gone from semi-irrelevancy to actual competency by moving up or not moving up by having three picks in the top 20 but instead they were like hey saints uh we're gonna make this funky trade with you and we're gonna have another first round draft pick next year i'm like okay sure that's awesome but this is where i would trade up three through seven you don't really know what's going to happen maybe the uh the atlanta falcons take a quarterback maybe they don't i'm not sure Houston, I mean, do they take a tackle? I don't know. I think they'll take a, I think they'll take Kavion Thibodeau. I think they think we need another pass rusher. We have Laramie Tunsil. I, I talked about it yesterday where I was like, certain teams will delude themselves into thinking that they're in a better position than they actually are. And I think the Texans will be like, we don't need an offensive tackle or whatever. When I'm like, that's, not the case at all, but sure. Kavion Thibodeau, third overall, going to the Texans, or potentially an offensive lineman, or potentially insert, um, no, Kavion Thibodeau, edge rusher or offensive lineman. I was about to say quarterback, but then I'm like, yeah, no, nah, that's 
probably not going to happen. <clears throat> Number fourth overall, Jets. I'm kind of shocked that it's all Ahmad Gardner. That's the shocking thing to me. I'm really, really surprised that the Jets are only being linked to Ahmad Gardner because of Robert Sala. And I'm like, if you mean to tell me that the Jets could go after Evan Neal, one of the best tackles in really the NFL draft, and one of the best tackles, in my opinion, in the last couple of years, you're telling me they could get Evan Neal? I went on a 20-minute rant last night. I was so pissed off with the conversations around Evan Neal. But if you mean to tell me that Evan Neal could go to the Jets at number four overall, or Akeem Aquanu. I, I mean, like, or, or they would have the ability to draft one or the other. I, I like, I feel like you would have to take it. Protect your quarterback. Literally a star wide receiver is going to be there at 10th overall, or you can trade back in the draft or whatever. I mean, there's so many teams, by the way, speaking of the prospect of trading up in the draft, I talked about the Eagles and the Saints. Dude, Kansas City has essentially two second round draft picks and so, do the, so does the Green Bay Packers with how late both teams are picking in the draft. I would not be shocked if we saw uh, Andy Reid essentially get on the phone. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Uh, go, Brian, go to counts. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Get on their idiotic cell phones and start, you know, Making phone calls, maybe not Andy Reid as much of an, he's, I don't think he's an idiot. I think Brian Gutekunst kind of is. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Brian Gutekunst get on his cell phone and start getting on uh, and start calling up teams in and around the top 10 trying to trade up in the draft. Because I keep seeing people mock defensive players to both teams because both teams are picking so late in the draft. And I think they're smart enough to recognize the wide receivers that they want aren't going to be there when they're picking. And so it would probably behoove of them to uh, not select where they're selecting. But we'll see what happens. Number fourth overall, though. I mean, Evan Neal, man. I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know, man. Like, um, I love Ahmad Gardner. I, he is not better than Evan Neal. I don't want to have the same conversation all over again. But I'm like, the amount of disrespect Evan Neal is getting. Like, oh my God, he's best offensive lineman. In this draft, the three guys that have gone ahead of him, Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, Kavion Thibodeau, would get lit up by Evan Neal, man. I know for a fact Trevon Walker did and would because I saw him play up against Evan Neal twice, twice last year. Saw both games that Trevon Walker and the Georgia defense played up against Evan Neal twice. Saw both games twice. Lit him up twice. It's ridiculous how awesome Evan Neal was last year. And people are like, let's get guys that are worse than he is or that didn't really do anything to him last year. It's like, what? Sure. 300. Isn't he like 340 pounds? How's he three? He looks great for a, a dude that is 340 pounds. Hold on. Yeah, he, excuse me. He's 350 pounds. And it's like, it's nothing to him. He makes 350 look easy. If I'm the Jets, I'm, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting. To the big board. And I'm picking up Evan Neal. Five for the Giants. Again, this is where teams would trade up. I'm not going to introduce trades 
No, I will. I just think it's I like I think some of the compensation could be tricky. I'm I'm not really gonna follow the compensation or whatever just yet. I'm just gonna I'm gonna act like certain teams just don't get trades. And you know what? I was about to say I'm gonna do trades. I was gonna do a, a trade for Green Bay and things of that nature. Let's just I'm not gonna do trades. I think it's gonna be way too complicated to try and predict trades and things of that nature. I'll just essentially talk about the the prospect of trading up and also the players that um, they could trade up while also making the point that, yeah, there's no, there's none of the players that you probably want here um, as X football team, as Kansas City, as Green Bay, because you didn't trade up. And we'll see about the implications uh, of that aspect here as well. So number five overall, I got on the horn. I'm not even on the horn, but I was watching uh, this clip on Twitter of Kyle Bryant saying that it's time for the Giants to admit that they made a mistake with drafting Daniel Jones. I thought that was last year, potentially, or maybe not last year, but I thought that that was literally the night that they drafted Daniel Jones. However, Daniel Jones is still the quarterback. I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones. I was, I was a big, I was a, maybe not a big believer is the best way to describe it. I was a supporter of Daniel Jones until he just didn't really do anything last year. You could definitely, definitely blame it on the instability of his coaching staff. But I felt like he had gotten enough help when it came to the wide receivers. And he still just, he still fumbles a crap ton, man. Still fumbles. Still misses way too many easy throws. This is where a quarterback could be taken. I'm not really sure. I think I think a quarterback doesn't get out of the top eight, if you want my honest opinion about it. Uh, the Detroit Lions are there. Maybe the Texans aren't as satisfied with Davis Mills as they say they are. The Giants potentially at five and seven. Carolina as well. And then the Falcons as well. Like, I feel like one of those teams is just going to look at Malik Willis and be like, let's take a chance. Five, though, I don't think is that chance. I think they look I think they look at the Panthers and they're like if the Panthers don't get an offensive lineman they'll trade out or they'll just take Malik Willis or if um or or something else. I here's the thing. I'll just say this. Giants need an offensive lineman. I think regardless of whatever happens in this draft they'll take somebody. It would be stupid of them not to. I think they'll just pick up Akeem Aquanu here. Akeem Aquanu, Evan Neal, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, 5 or 7. And then they'll probably just go with best player available here, which that's always subjective. Anyways, Carolina at sixth overall. They need another offensive lineman. Apparently, again, a report came out that two reports came out about the Panthers at sixth, that the Panthers are interested in trading down, but also apparently that Baker Mayfield, they're, first and foremost, let me break it down. Hold on. It's not as simple as just they're interested in trading down. They are interested in trading down from the sixth spot, okay? But on the flip side of that, they there was also this report that said that they aren't going to trade for Baker Mayfield prior to the draft, prior to the first round of the draft, which essentially leads me to believe that they would be willing to trade for Baker if they don't get a quarterback. That's to me what that means. If they don't get a quarterback... Bada bing, bada boom, we can go out and we can go get Baker Mayfield 
from the uh, the Browns. That's to me what that signals. But I mean, Baker Mayfield is like it, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold are essentially the the same player. Overrated quarterback prospects who have not developed fully into who they are specifically. I think this may be where Malik Willis goes. And God help you. I mean, it would be an awesome pick oh, first and foremost because Malik Willis is an awesome football player. But more specifically than that, it would be the guy that it would be like, yes, finally, like we have an actual quarterback. Thank God. Finally. Yay. Go us. Go us. Malik Willis, number six overall to the Carolina Panthers. Seventh overall Giants here. I mean, I'm looking at Pro Football Network's big board. It's incorrect. Like Kyle Hamilton is there. Uh, no, it's no, it's correct. You know what? Seventh overall, I'm just taking a mod Gardner, right? I'm just gonna, you know, you can't go broke making a profit. Hit a double, not a single. You get Akeem Aquanu, you get Ahmad Gardner. Now it's like you actually have some firepower to go up against Dallas and the Eagles because Dallas is probably going to get another offensive offensive player. Eagles, we know for a fact, are probably going to get a wide receiver looking to potentially get Jamison Williams, things of that nature. It'd be an interesting kind of little sequence here for the Giants. But yeah, I think they help out their quarterback with Akeem Aquanu, and then they help out their defense with Ahmad Gardner, seventh overall. Atlanta at eighth. Would I take Kenny Pickett here? You know what? If I was the GM for Atlanta, I would just tank. I would just be like, yeah, we're just, we're going to suck. We're just not going to play well. I'm going to set my team up so that way we're in the top 10 again. And potentially, I would actually trade out and try and tank for Bryce. Or CJ. But at the exact same time, Charles Cross is staring me right in the freaking face. Oh my god. I love I, I love this pick. I, I love the potential, the reality of the situation that the Falcons could get Charles Cross at eighth overall and just be a pass protecting monster for them. And also for Bryce Young. Or CJ Shroud next year. Charles Cross goes eighth overall. Atlanta is kind of in this weird spot where I've seen certain players fall to them as well. Like Kavion Thibodeau falls to them in some mock drafts. I don't think he does. But I've seen people mock him go, like going and falling all the way to eighth. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then Seattle at nine. But there, there's certain players that do fall apparently in some people's drafts. Seattle at nine. Interesting, uh, interesting pick. Because... Essentially, all of their players that they kind of want are gone, right? Ahmad Gardner is gone. Malik Willis is gone. You have Kenny Pickett, but they may look at Kenny Pickett and Drew Locke as the same type of player as like, okay, like we, we kind of have a quarterback. Let's move on. Defensive players. I don't know. Seattle is in such a weird spot after trading with Denver because they're outside of really where they want to be, which is in the, inside the top 10. Or not inside the top 10. They're the ninth pick. But inside the top five. And for like the first time in a long time, they have a first round draft pick that they can use because they traded multiple first round draft picks for Jamal. But Seattle, I mean, I could could see them taking Kyle Hamilton here. I could see them taking right now on my big board, 
with Pro Football Network. They're telling me Jordan Davis is their ninth-ranked player. He is not for me. But like Jordan Davis, Kyle Hamilton, they're not going to pick up Kyle because they have Quandre Diggs. They just signed him, and they have Jamal Adams. That would be stupid of them. Like, obviously stupid. Jordan Davis is here. George Karloftis is here. They don't believe. Here's the thing. I know what John Schneider and Pete Carroll believe in. They don't believe in getting offensive linemen. They believe in getting defensive guys. You know what? I would not be surprised if they reached for Jordan Davis. I think it's a reach. And I think it's a pitfall. But the one thing that I've seen Pete Carroll consistently do is I've seen him consistently try to address that position, and he has been unsuccessful. Defensive line, both inside and outside. He has been consistently wrong, and he has gotten it wrong consistently. I don't think it's a miss with Jordan Davis. I just think one technique with a ninth overall pick, I think that's a bit ridiculous. Jordan Davis, ninth overall to Seattle. I'm not saying that it will happen. I'm just saying it could happen. I'm not a big fan of Jermaine Johnson as well. I think, I think Jermaine Johnson is a little bit of smoke. I want my honest opinion about it. Tenth overall, Jets. This is where I would make a trade. Jamison Williams, this is where I would make the trade with the Eagles. I said, I kind of flip-flopped like a pancake. But this is where I think I would probably make a phone call if I was the Eagles and I would be like, hey, uh, we don't know what's going on. And with, uh, I don't know. I don't know if teams would want Jamison Williams. I would take Jamison Williams if I was the Jets. I wouldn't make the trade with the Eagles. I'd be like, yeah, we're taking Jamison Williams. But they may, the thing about it is, right, Robert Sala may get a little bit antsy, and this is why you never get a defensive coordinator as your head coach. He may get a little bit antsy in the sense of Robert Sala may say to himself, well, we're spending all this draft capital on offensive players. When are we going to spend some money on some defensive players? You know, that could be like an issue, like a big issue. And that could, you know, and it's the reality of the situation is it's truthful. They have spent a lot of draft capital on defensive football players, or excuse me, on offensive football players. Elijah Moore or Elijah Vera, both both the Elijahs. Elijah Moore and Elijah Vera Tucker last year. Zach Wilson as well. Michael Carter, I think, in the fourth round. They've spent a lot of draft capital. Ironically enough, they've hit on a lot of players. But he's just like, when am I going to get my corner? Derek Stingley is here. Jer- Jermaine, when am I going to get another edge rusher? Jermaine Johnson is here, et cetera, et cetera. Again, this is why you would get an offensive head coach. So that way we're not having this discussion. To me, it's quite simply put, Jamison Williams like that. Some people may be on the fence about, I I think it's Jamison. I think you always pick Jamison Williams here. I don't care that he has an ACL injury. He's better than everybody else. And you just say, hey, yeah, we'll figure out Denzel Mims. I think he was hurt last year. We have Elijah Moore. We have Jamison Williams. I think they got CJ Uzama out of Cincinnati. It was like really, really good for them last year. I'm just, I'm taking Jamison Williams and I'm doubling up on offensive players. I always talked about doubling up on offensive players. Here's the thing. I would not hate it if you also took Kyle Hamilton here. You take Evan Neal and then Kyle Hamilton. I 
I actually kind of like that a little bit better. But I always believe in helping out the quarterback versus the defense, letting your defense out to dry. They need a corner. They need another edge rusher. I'm just saying you also need to help out your quarterback. I'm going to take Jamison Williams 10th overall to the Jets. We'll see what happens. This is where, by the way, 11th overall Washington. Washington, disaster of a football team. Terrible, terrible, god-awful, disgusting, disturbing franchise. Most most of the people that work there should probably be in jail, except Julie Davenport. She is awesome. She's just trying to make a uh, a bad situation, or Julie Donaldson. I always get her freaking name wrong. But like, beyond like a couple of people within that organization, it's a predatory cesspool of disgustingness. Predatory cesspool of disgustingness. But Washington, to me, is one of those football teams that definitively and effectively needs another secondary piece. And I think I think Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, defensive guy, guy that loves, you know, uh, hard-hitting DBs and things of that nature, ask Josh Norman, and wants guys that can tackle. I don't, I, like, look, I'm not a Ron Rivera guy, okay? I didn't like his long-term tenure in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, Carolina. I thought that he had a great team that peaked at the right moment. The team never peaked again. Like, I'm adjusting my shirt here. That team never peaked again. But, um... I think he's a little bit overrated and as a coach, maybe not as a person. And I think that Ron Rivera will get okie doped. I think he'll go for Kyle Hamilton here if he's still available, which I still think he will. I think he'll go for Kyle Hamilton here. I think it's a done deal. I think he may reach for Derek Stingley. I don't think he'll get another offensive lineman, not to say that there is an offensive lineman just based off of this mock draft, but I think Kyle Hamilton, uh, Jermaine Johnson, uh, Derek Stingley, one of those guys, potentially maybe even like Trevor Penning, he, or uh, you know what? I was about to say George Karloftis, but the problem is they already have four first round draft picks at defensive line. Here's the, you know what? You know what? I'll say this. I'll be the first one to admit this. Washington probably has like two or three guys that are like bus. Maybe not bus, but like guys that I, w- I don't necessarily think are as good as people say they are. Like Montez Sweat has never had a double digit sack season ever. He's been in the league for three years. He had essentially a down year last year. Was he hurt? It looks like he may have been hurt because all of his statistics were essentially cut in half. Yeah, he was hurt for like a big portion of the season. So, <clears throat> and the game that he did play in against Dallas was a yikes. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, he was actually kind of consistent. I, I remember watching the Dallas game and I was like, oh my God, this is horrifying. But no, he's had he had some actually like some pretty decent games overall. But Montez Sweat was hurt. But even then it was just like, I don't know. Me personally, I felt he was a little bit overrated coming out. And that's kind of the case. Again, no double-digit sack season. He's entering into his fourth year. Uh, Chase Young, 
I've seen him play all freaking year last year, okay? I saw him play. People want to tell me how awesome Chase Young is, okay? I saw him play last year. Chase Young had one and a half sacks in eight games. This is before he got hurt, ladies and gentlemen. This is before he got hurt. He played like in half the season and Montez had more sacks than he did, okay? I talked about it. I've talked about it multiple times where I'm like, I feel like Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher out of Georgia, that's a giant. I felt like he was better last year than Chase. I felt he had a firmer grasp of the game. I feel like Micah was better. Javon Hargrave was better. Chase had a really, really bad year last year. It, it's just that simple. He had a really, really bad year last year. And it, it, it never really got better. It got worse consistently, so. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like Washington's defensive line is a tad bit overrated. Like a tad bit overrated. Like a, like a touch, like a touch bit over, touch, touch, touch bit overrated. Touch. Bit overrated. Just a touch. Tad. But Washington is Washington's at 12th. I think they'll take Kyle Hamilton. I think they'll add a player to their secondary. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like go after Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean or one of those linebackers. They need another linebacker after getting Jamin Davis. Who I like Jamin Davis. I liked him a lot. But I think Kyle, without for we we've kind of talked in circles about Washington. Kyle Hamilton, I think, goes eleventh overall. Twelfth is weird to me. I think Minnesota needs a lot more players, or I think Minnesota has the ability to get a lot of players. I think this could be Derek Stingley. I think this could be Andrew Booth Jr. I think this could be Trevor Penning. I think this could be George Karloftis or Jermaine Johnson. I think this could be a lot of players for the 12th overall pick. Uh, they have their new guys in, their new GM, their new head coach, Kwesi Odafo, Kwesi Odafo Mensa, GM, and then Kevin O'Connell, head coach, former offensive coordinator from LA, from the Rams. It's an interesting pick. Because I, it's the one that I feel I'm most in the dark about. And kind of one of the picks that I feel like they're potentially going to screw up the most. I just don't have a great firm grasp on it. I feel like I'm like a blind man. And I'm like, I'm trying to find, you know, my way through a dark, through not even a dark room, through, through just like a room with many obstacles on it. While being blind, I just, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do. They have so many needs. I think they'll just take the best player available. To me, that's Andrew Booth Jr. I love Andrew Booth Jr. They need another corner. I think all of the offensive linemen are going to be gone. But if, like, let's say, for example, because the Vikings are picking 12th overall. I have Charles Cross, Charles, excuse me, go 8th overall. Like, let's say he falls, which could very well happen. I think the Vikings could also pick up an offensive lineman here as well. It's a weird, like the Vikings are a weird team where they have like great players like Justin Jefferson and, 
and Dalvin Cook and they have like a good quarterback and they also have Daniil Hunter and they could also pair Daniil with an awesome pass rusher like uh, George Karloftis, like a power pass rusher. They have a lot of different players here. But I also think like, like they have great players on their team, but they also need a lot of players, which is weird. Andrew Booth Jr. goes 12th overall. Let me get my iPad here. It's charging. Hold on. Let me get it really, really quickly. Hold on. <clears throat> Sorry about this. I just have to get my iPad and we can rock with roll here all right anyways as i was saying <clears throat> so vikings they get andrew booth jr 12th overall 13th overall and the vikings they have so many different permutations they have 13th overall texans texans what did i i had them taking kv on thibodeau yeah right so Texans at 13th is essentially another run at another awesome player. The only wide receiver that's come off the board is Jamison Williams. Do you like Brandon Cooks long? I listen. All Brandon Cooks does is go from is get traded a bunch and still like get 13, 14 yards per catch over a thousand yards, right? I'm not tripping on that. Maybe not 13, 14 yards per catch, but like he gets a bunch of yards per catch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was right. Except last year where he had like 90 catches. He's a, he's like a perennial 90 catch guy, 90, 80 catch guy for the Texans these last couple of years. You know, he was with the, he was ironically enough with the Rams. It's just like, God, man, Jared, you had, Jared Goff one year had Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. I never want to hear anything positive about Jared Goff ever again. Oh yeah, oh yeah, by the way, like Brandon Cooks is borderline like a Hall of Famer. By the way, like he borderline has Hall of Fame stats. Oh, you don't believe me? Like, let me let me pull up Michael Irvin's numbers here. Let me show you something here. I'm like, I'm looking at his statistics. I'm like, holy shit. Michael Irvin has eleven thousand yards, sixty-five touchdowns over his career. Brandon Cooks has 7,000, or it's 7,900 yards. 7,900 yards, 46 touchdowns. He's 20 touchdowns away from Michael Irvin. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about the offenses. He's 4,000 yards away. That's four seasons. He is 20 touchdowns away from Michael Irvin. Dude, check this out. He gets over five touchdowns a season for the most part. He gets six, which is amazing. I don't understand it. I, I don't know why Brandon Cooks gets traded. Again, all he does is get, he only has two seasons where he doesn't get a thousand yards. That was 2019. I, I think he may have gotten hurt. And also, I, I honestly, I don't really care. He had Jared Goff as his quarterback, but then also his rookie year. He got traded for, uh, from the Saints. The Patriots were idiots. I felt when he left the Patriots, I felt that the Patriots were morons because I felt like he was the best receiver on the team. 
I was like, golly, man. And then people were like, I remember people were justifying the trade and saying Bill Belichick won the trade because he traded a second round draft pick for him and he got back a first rounder. Woo, go Bill Belichick. I was like, but he lost his best receiver on the team easily in Brandon Cooks. Great route runner, speed guy, burner. He's like a, a lesser version of Tyreek Hill. Like Tyreek Hill is faster and more athletic. Brandon Cooks can just run by people in a hurry. Awesome quarter, not awesome quarterback, excuse me. Awesome wide receiver. I love Brandon Cooks. Love Brandon Cooks. Yeah, he's borderline a Hall of Famer. Like, he's a couple, he's going to be 40, he's going to be like 32 maybe potentially when he gets there. He's an awesome wide receiver. Anyways, um, I don't even know how I got to Brandon Cooks. <clears throat> but yes, like, do the Texans believe in Brandon Cooks? I would. I would. I think so. But do they also need another wide receiver? Yeah, I think so. I'm not one of these guys that when it comes to wide receivers, I'm like, I need multiple different wide receivers and things of that nature. I'm just like, look, give me guys that are versatile, guys that can run great routes and catch passes, and guys that can separate. And that's all I want. That's all I want. Versatile, meaning that they can play multiple different positions, guys that can run routes well, catch well, and separate well. Not in the, that order, but those are just aspects of the wide receiver position that I personally like more so than a lot of other aspects like this guy has to be our 50-50 ball guy this guy has to be you know our uh, our speed guy I'm like that stuff doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things like no there's no wide receiving core that's like that that's like oh my god like 50-50 ball guy he's our our burner he's our fast guy he's our like you can only use those guys in very very specific situations which is why I don't like having a very specific type of wide receiver. I like to keep things broad in general because that essentially means that uh, we can use these guys whenever we want, whenever we want. 13th overall pick, Texans. Do they go for a wide receiver here? Again, they need so many different needs, things of that nature. I think they do, and I think they pick up Chris Olave. I don't think there's an offensive lineman here. The interesting thing is, is that if you had told, if you had flopped it, right? If you had flip-flopped it, if you had said, we're going to take an offensive player with the third pick and then 10 picks later, we're going to take a defensive player. I think that works out better for them because I think you get Evan Neal. I think, I mean, I, I, you probably, you, you get either one. I think he's better than Aiden or Trevon Walker. You get Evan. And then you potentially get, check this out. You get Andrew Booth, potentially if, the Vikings don't get him. You get potentially as well. George Karloftis, who I like, the edge rusher out of Purdue. You get George Karloftis. Um, and you, you know, it, like for me, it's like, I like that combination of like Evan Neal, best offensive lineman in the draft with George Karloftis, one of the better edge rushers in this draft as well. However... It is appetizing. It is so appetizing for me to double down on edge, especially if the Jags are going to get, if the Jags are going to get an offensive lineman or more specifically, you know, it would be so interesting. This, now that I, now that I like kind of put two and two together, I don't know why it took me so long. To me, it's like, 
you have Laramie Tunsil, you can get Evan Neal, you pair Evan Neal with Laramie Tunsil, and now Aiden Hutchinson, the first overall pick that the Jacksonville Jaguars got, now he can't freaking touch a quarterback. I don't know. But it also is like, it's so appealing to me for the Texans to also go out and get George Carlisle. I, I really, really like George Carlisle. I really, really like George Karloftis. George Karloftis or Chris Olave? I'm going to get Chris Olave, and the reason why is that I think they need an additional wide receiver, like another wide receiver to pair with, with um, Brandon Cooks. At least in my opinion, I'm like, they don't have anybody, if you want my honest opinion about it. And then on top of that, they also need like an additional offensive lineman, if you want my honest opinion about it. Chris Olave, 13th overall, great pick. I love, how, I love how I congratulate myself. I'm like, great job, 24. Pat yourself on the back, why don't you? 13th overall, Chris Olave. 14th overall, Ray, Ravens. The Ravens and the Vikings are two teams where I just, I, I don't get a read. Some people are talking about them getting Trent McDuffie here. I don't think so at all. I don't think they get a corner. They have spent a lot of draft capital on getting wide receivers. Oh, boy. Do you get another wide receiver? No, I, I don't know. Like, Lamar was hurt. He didn't. A lot of players were hurt. I would just, I, I, like, Garrett Wilson is here. He's one of my favorite wide receivers. I think the Ravens, they're going to get a shot at Olave, at Garrett Wilson, at all these... And to be honest with you, I think Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to be, and Jameson Williams, if he's there, I think they're all better than the wide receivers that they got. That's the thing. Like, I feel like they've spent a lot of capital on wide receivers that are not very good. Hollywood is, he has not progressed the way that they want him to, and he is entering into either his fourth or fifth year, man. It's his fourth year. He just had his first thousand yard season, but he gets a lot of touchdowns. In his rookie season, he had seven touchdowns, which is amazing. Sophomore season, in his uh, second season, he had eight. And then last year, he had six without Lamar. And he had 91. You know what? I'll say this. I'm going to give Hollywood another chance. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I apologize, Hollywood. I'm going to, you know what? George Karloff is, is there. He's too good of a player to me. I don't think they need a corner. How Hamilton is gone. Otherwise, they probably would have picked him. I think it's George Karloft is here. Did I already select Jordan Davis? Yeah, he goes to Seattle because Seattle is morons. I, like, like I've had, I've seen Bucky Brooks select for Seattle Devin Lloyd on multiple occasions, and I was just like. I thought that was stupid, and I still think it is. But it, it's definitely a possibility because they need a linebacker, and they're not very smart, and they don't use draft picks very well. Really, Jordan Davis may be... Uh, you know, it's it's right up their alley. Jordan Davis, Devin Lloyd, right up their alley. Uh, George Karloftis, number 14th overall to the Ravens, is also super up their alley as well. 15th overall, Eagles. This is where you just get a linebacker, you potentially get another edge rusher, you get potentially 
a wide receiver. Garrett Wilson's here. It's just automatic for me. Garrett Wilson, bada bing, bada boom. Garrett Wilson, boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom, boom. Easy. 15th overall. Need another corner, potentially. I know people are like really, really high on Derek Stingley. I'm not. I think he's like a second round draft pick. He had one good year. That's why. And it's just like it wasn't his most recent year. But sure, fine. Garrett Wilson goes here, 15th overall. Saints are 16th overall. I don't know why. Like, I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about the Saints trading up. And it's definitely going to be an interesting day tomorrow because usually, for me personally, I would rather get some of these trades going within the within like literally weeks before so that way I don't have to worry about doing things uh last minute or whatever and maybe it does happen maybe it doesn't but like 16th overall the uh the Saints are up are on deck here and they need a wide receiver they need a quarterback potentially if Jameis Winston doesn't pan out here Christian Watson is available I don't know how people how high people are Traylon Burks I don't think it's that much of a reach as some people want to make it out to be to go ahead and get Christian Watson. But this is where like things get super, super muddy, by the way. This is where things are like, you know, things become a little bit less objective and a little bit more subjective where it's just like, okay, where do you have this player and that player and things of that nature is like super, super important as well. Like I love Christian Watson here. Big outside wide receiver, six foot four, 200 and maybe just 200 pounds. A little bit over, potentially. Maybe 210. We'll just say he's 210. 210. Ran a 4 fast as Fast as a cheetah. Big, strong wide receiver. Awesome wide receiver. And I like he offsets and pairs really, really well with Mike Thomas. It just, it makes way too much sense. But Garrett Wilson is, I was like, Garrett Wilson is also here. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not here. It's a weird dichotomy. It's a weird thing. But yes, um, 16th overall, it's a weird spot to be in as, as a football team, at least in my opinion. Excuse me. like the the saints man i think they'll probably parlay some of this to trade up but to get a quarterback or wide receiver i don't know it's hard really hard to like figure out but i think i don't know i don't know how high they have christian watson and i want this to actually be accurate you could also take an offensive lineman here Kenny pickett is still around he's still hanging around I'll just say they pick up a what I, I don't know. Kalen Burks is here. Christian Watson's here. I love Alec Pierce. 16th overall is hard. I'm like, I'm trying to think of what they need. It's hard. Ugh. We'll just say they pick up a wide receiver. We'll just say they get Christian Watson here in this situation, but for the most part, they have a bajillion different options and a bunch of different pathways and pathways, excuse me, and roads that they can potentially go down 
as a football team. Chargers are another interesting football team as well. I've seen people take a wide receiver for the Chargers, which to me after Pan Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is kind of weird, but okay. If you do take a wide receiver here, I think it, I think it's Traylon Burks, probably. Traylon Burks or Drake London or somebody like that. Oh yeah, let me also get rid of Drake London. Again, I'm not super high on Drake London. I think there's plenty of other wide receivers that are better than him. He does essentially one thing and that is just catch 50-50 balls and they kind of already have Mike Williams to do that. At least in my opinion. So it's one of those things that it's just like, eh. Also, it's like, Devontae Wyatt is kind of hanging around here. Who the Devontae Wyatt, the the uh, the three technique out of the pa the pass rushing defensive tackle out of Georgia. He's kind of still here. I love Devontae Wyatt. <clears throat> Chargers. I don't know. Chargers are a weird football team. They're in such a weird spot. You know what would be interesting here if they selected Kenneth Walker? If they, I don't think it's that much of a reach. It is definitively a reach. I don't think it's that much of a reach myself. I would like cringe a little bit at it, but I would be like, I kind of get it. No, as I'm like, as I'm trying to rationalize Kenneth Walker, I love Kenneth Walker. As like I'm trying to rationalize Kenneth Walker, I'm like, I don't get it 17th overall 17th is like 16th overall it's just like weird spot a lot of great players have gone if you're the chargers you probably need an offensive lineman i could see them taking trevor penning here or who else is like bernard raymond here or uh one of the bigger boys uh that's here as well i could see them taking a whole bunch of different people i think trevor penning could go here and we'll just say he does Trevor Penning goes 17th overall to the uh, to the to the Chargers to help out Justin Herbert and bolster that offensive line because um, yikes, man! Like I I remember the game that I saw Storm Norton their swing tackle play for some weird reason. Storm Norton had I mean Storm Norton had some pretty good games. I'll say that I saw him play against Micah though. That was not a good game. Justin Herbert was pressured consistently throughout that game like super consistent but um hold on, i'm getting a bajillion text messages give me like two seconds here hold on <clears throat> hold on Just text messages and things of that nature. Sorry. I love how I'm like, I'm, I, I'm getting text messages. Let me check my phone. And then I'm like, I come back and I'm like, sorry, it's just text messages and things like that. Like 18th overall Eagles, really, really weird pick. If I'm honest with you, if the draft kind of goes this way, I like it, they, they got Garrett Wilson. They got their guy. They got another guy. It's a weird draft, man. 
it's like you can get Jermaine Johnson here. I, I think this would be like you can get Jermaine Johnson. You can get Devin Lloyd. You can get N'Kobe Dean. You can get I think they'll just get a linebacker here. I love N'Kobe Dean over Devin Lloyd. But I don't think they do. And I don't think the league is as high on N'Kobe Dean as I am. So they'll just pick up what um what everybody has been screaming for them to get for the last couple of years they'll probably take a wide receiver and a linebacker and i kind of would as well i would just be like yeah we're just gonna pick up a linebacker we're gonna pick up a wide receiver and we're just gonna go home happy and we're gonna be like okay cool we got some players for justin or for jalen hurts excuse me and we got another player for our defense and so that's how we're gonna roll 19th overall kind of going a little bit faster here because we're repeating essentially the exact same picks 19th overall saints god man i think potentially another corner if not another quarterback i feel like they i feel like they need another quarterback but i i don't know like they'll they'll trade up right it's going to be interesting to see if they trade up maybe not they'll trade up but it's definitely going to be interesting to see if they trade up if they don't trade up or if they can't trade up i think that's a disaster but I wouldn't be surprised if at 19th overall, we see them get a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, or if we see them get another corner like Kyle Alam or Trent McDuffie or whomever. I personally like Kyle Alam more than a lot of people. And that's where he goes. He goes to the Saints because I, I, like, I don't know what to do with the Saints. The Saints are just a weird football team. 20th overall, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, it's it's obvious. It's a quarterback, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, et cetera, et cetera, with their first round draft pick. They're gonna trade up. They're gonna try and get one of them. You hear these rumors about these teams that are trading up. Maybe the foundation for it has already been laid over the last couple of weeks. Maybe teams have already started to make phone calls to some of these teams in the top 10. Again, the teams that we should be looking out for are the Giants, the Panthers, the um the what is it the lions and the jacks like all those teams apparently want to trade out pittsburgh depends on how much they like malik i would trade i would i would go up and get malik willis if i'm 100 honest with you i would not settle and wait for a quarterback but they settled and they waited for a quarterback and they still were able to get kenny pickett by the hair of their chinny chin chin because goodness gracious uh, it could have he could have gone to the Saints and I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if he did go to the Saints. 21 overall. You know what? A lot if you had told me that at this pick, a wide receiver would have gone, like for example, if you had told me like Traylon, Traylon Burks is available. Drake London is available. If you were to tell me that the Patriots were to pick up a wide receiver here a month ago, I would have made, I would have been like a month and a half ago, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. But the problem is they traded away or not even traded. They released JC Jackson. They didn't offer him a contract. And I think Bill is way more dead set on getting a corner because they have no corners. They don't have any corners whatsoever versus getting a wide receiver, even though the wide receivers that are available are like Drake London, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Alec Pierce, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think here it's like, I think here they'll take a corner. 
and it's whoever you want, right? Derek Stingley is still available here in my mock draft. The reality is Derek Stingley is going to go earlier. I'm just like, I just don't like Derek Stingley at all. But like Roger McQuarrie, Trent McDuffie, Kyra Lamb, the guy that we just took at, the guy I took at 19th overall, he could go to the Saints. It's one of those things that it's really, really hard to, uh, you know, to like figure out. But I think they'll probably take a corner here. If they do take a corner, it's probably Trent McDuffie out of Washington. But we'll see what happens. And this is kind of where the wide receivers start to run, for me at least, in this situation and in this scenario. Because um, Green Bay probably takes a wide receiver at 22 overall. Which wide receiver? It doesn't matter. They'll take a wide receiver. Drake London, Traylon Burks. I think they'll probably, if Traylon Burks is available, I think they probably take Traylon Burks. He has way more um, tangibles. He has way, he has way more tools in his toolbox, in my opinion, than Drake London does. <clears throat> I think the same thing goes for Arizona. I think they also take a wide receiver after taking Rondell Moore in the second round as well. I think they're, I think they're both set on wide receivers. I think Arizona and Green Bay are both dead set on picking up wide receivers because they both need to help out their quarterback. So Traylon Burks, and in this scenario, Traylon Burks goes to Green Bay. Drake London goes to Arizona. Now, Dallas, 24th overall. The reason why I played Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, the old Skrillex song, was that I had a horrendous nightmare last night. I still remember it. Uh, the nightmare was that Dallas freaking took a, uh, a, a corner that I had no idea. I did not know who this corner was. That was the scariest part. That was the scary part. That was one of the scarier part, parts. And then the scariest part was that it was like I'm in Inception. It was like a dream within a dream. It's like I woke up from the dream in the dream. And I saw that it was Friday. And I was like, oh my God, they did it. They got a corner that I don't know who this is. I don't know who this corner is. And they essentially just drafted a bust. And I was just like, they could have gotten X player. But then they didn't. And here we are. 24th overall, Dallas. Dallas is an interesting team. I think a lot of people think that Dallas will take, for example, uh, Zion Johnson. And then it's done. I don't think so. I think it is a lot more up in the air than people want it to be or I pray to Jesus every single night that it is because to me personally speaking, why aren't we considering Tyler Linderbaum? I know that he's a center. I cannot find a Tyler Linderbaum in this draft. I cannot find another elite center in this draft. And Tyler Biotish was not very good last year. Like there were times where Dak got sacked, where Dak got pressured because of him. And I don't think that happens with Tyler Linderbaum. And most importantly, for the love of Christ, Tyler Biotish could not snap the football last year. I think it, I think you go, you know, Tyler Linderbaum. I love Kenyon Green. You go Tyler Linderbaum or Kenyon Green here. You don't, you don't screw this up. It's not very difficult for me. Then you go a guard in the second round like Ed Ingram and then you wipe your hands clean, at least to me. But I'm taking Tyler Linderbaum here for Dallas. I think he's the best player at his position. He's one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. I, I feel like he's, I, I feel like 
next year, wherever he's going to play, whether it's in Dallas or whether it's in, I've seen him be mocked to the Bengals for Christ's sake, wherever he goes, I feel like he's going to be an awesome player and people are going to be like, man, how did, why didn't we have him, you know, in the first round? I'm so excited that he's not even in the top 10 at the prospect of Dallas being able to get him. I hope Dallas gets him. I hope Dallas gets him. Oh my God. Tyler Linderbaum in my draft going to Dallas. 25th overall. I've been saying all offseason that the Bills have needed an, need, needed an offensive lineman. I don't think so anymore. They've done some stuff in free agency to help out their offensive line. I think you just get another running back here if you're the, uh, the Bills. I know they've gotten Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. They're not Kenneth Walker. It's not that terrible of a reach. In fact, I think this is where I would take Kenneth Walker if I was a team. And I'm sick and tired of seeing Josh Allen run not only for his life, but also on read option plays. And I think Kenneth Walker is just better uh, than the majority of running backs that they have. Kenneth Walker, 25th overall. Figure out how to run block. Jesus Christ. 26th, 26th overall. Dark horse. This is my dark horse for a quarterback. It really is. And also, this is my dark horse for an additional wide receiver. Maybe not dark horse is the way is the term that I would use. This is where I would think a, a wide receiver may go. I think that Tennessee is a team that is in flux in a division that can potentially be taken by the Colts next season. They need an additional wide receiver for the love of Christ to help out A.J. Brown, to offset it, to offset him. They also need an additional offensive lineman. If Kenyon Green is staring at me in the face, I'm taking Kenyon Green. But it's one of those needs, wide receivers, like one of those needs is like that the Tennessee Titans potentially could have a need and I think would be a great pick for them overall. Ironically enough, Tampa Bay, they lost Ronald Jones to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they get an upgrade here with Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. Tampa also, I mean, hold on. Actually, I'm not going to say that they get a running back. I'm just going to say, you know what they, you know what they could do? Because again, Tampa has so many different needs, right? So many different players here. Tampa is such an interesting football team because they, I mean, they could potentially go out, go out and get Brees Hall, but then they could also say to themselves, you know what, we're going to help out Vita Vea and we're going to get Devontae Wyatt here. I've seen some mock drafts do that. I've seen them go after Devontae Wyatt here. And I'm like, you know what? It sure does make a lot of sense for them to go out and get Devontae. Excuse me, because Devontae is an awesome edge rusher. You just pair Devontae. Excuse me again. You just like pair Devontae Wyatt with Vita Vea, and your defensive line is, I won't say back to where it was for the last couple of years, but it's like your defensive line has improved because they have not re-signed Indomitian Sue. And quite frankly put, they probably should not have signed Indomitian Sue. I was opinion about it. But yeah, Vita Vea paired with Devontae Wyatt, or Brees Hall paired with Tom Brady and Leonard Fournette is like a really, really interesting combination for a football team to have, at least in my opinion. But the Bucs, they're like, they don't really, like Zion Johnson is also an interesting pick. 
Kimion Green and Zion Johnson are probably going to be here. I'm not as high on Zion Johnson as other people are, at least in my opinion. But like Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, Devontae Wyatt, Brees Hall are all here. I'm just going to take Devontae Wyatt just because I think he would pair really, really well with Vita Vea. Green Bay at 28th overall. I'm not going to lie to you. If I'm Green Bay and if my, if, if like, like we have Jair Alexander, we still have not offered him a big deal contract. You may be able to look like, I love Eric Stokes. He was awesome for them. I'm not taking a corner here, but I'm taking, I, I'm going to, I'm going to consider taking another wide receiver here, or I'm going to potentially take another offensive lineman here. Again, Zion Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum, Kenneth, uh, Kenyon Green. I don't get teams that are like, we're going to take multiple picks. Or we're, or these two teams, um, excuse me, Green Bay and Kansas City, they're just going to take multiple defensive players when they lost absolute game wreckers at offense. It's just like you need, you need offense. You don't need defense, definitively speaking. And again, right, with Green Bay... And they're two late round picks and Kansas City and they're really late two first round picks. They're at 29th and 30th respectively. 29th and 30th for Kansas City and 22nd and 28th for Green Bay. Like I'm thinking about trading up in the draft. That's what I'm going to think about. I'm thinking about trading up. Thinking about it. But then to, you know, to compound matters, to make matters even more interesting, you know what I'm also going to potentially do? Again, double up. Double up at wide receiver, get another guard. And you want to know what's going to be super interesting is if Green Bay thinks about, like, thinks like, you know what? We may need another offensive lineman. Let's go out and let's get Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green. I don't know where some of these players are ranked on some of these people's boards. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they just take like an offensive lineman and then all the wide receivers go off the board and they're like, whoops. I don't know. Man, it's a, uh, you know, I'll just make it simple. They'll just take another wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. But what's also interesting about, here's the thing, and I keep like talking about what's interesting about Green Bay. What's interesting about Green Bay is that Green Bay also, again, this is like, I think yesterday on Tuesday or on Monday, but like Green Bay was up, was like trying to, trying to trade for Darren Waller. So it's one of those things that I look at and I'm like, maybe they don't even have their two first round draft picks. Maybe they just get Darren Waller. I don't know. I have my opinion on certain players' rankings. I think Christian Watson can go in the first round, and I also think Alec Pierce is worthy of a first-round player. First-round pick. First-round pick, excuse me. Going to be interesting, though. Jahan Dotson, to me, makes a lot of sense here. Zion Johnson. A lot of players. I'll just say they get another wide receiver, Jahan Dotson, and then they just load up. They load up again. Kansas City at 29th and 30th. There's been a bit of a run at wide receiver. You have two guards. You have like two guards that you like, Joe Tooney and the guy out of Tennessee in the sixth round who actually played like way better than I thought. You don't need another guard. You need like another wide receiver, but 
in this case, in this scenario, according to the rest of the league and probably to their board, like a lot of players are reaches here. Like Alec Pierce is a reach, probably. George Pickens here is a reach. Love George Pickens. John Mechie, reach, definitively. I like I like John. I thought he was a first-round draft pick if he came out last year. As I, I thought he thought I thought he was gonna be a first rounder this year as well if he came out. It's gonna be interesting to see some of these wide receivers like Alec Pierce and George Pickens and John Mechie come out. The reality of the situation here is that, as ironic as it is, I think, how many wide receivers just got taken within the last six picks? Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Jahan Dotson. So about three, and then probably out on an additional three. So like six wide receivers just got taken. I think here, Kansas City's like, eh, you know, we don't really have any players that we're in love with. Let's just go ahead and get defensive players like uh, Jermaine Johnson and we'll take Daxton Hill out of Michigan, I think. Because they just don't have any more players here for Kansas City. But that's just, they're super late in the draft and there's no wide receivers that are available that they can take in the first round uh, right now that wouldn't draw like a lot of laughter and things of that nature. 31st overall, Bengals, to me, it's an easy pick. Again, if Zion Johnson, Tyler Linderbaum, or Kenyon Green are here, you take one of them, and they'll take Zion Johnson at 31st. They don't really need an additional wide receiver. It's going to be interesting because the Bengals actually did do a lot to revamp their offensive line and improve it. And adding in Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green or Tyler Linderbaum is just like the icing on the proverbial cake. It's just like, oh my God. Just talking about just adding, like uh, just acting, just adding like top tier player after top tier player after top tier player. That'd be just spectacular. Spectacular. Anyways. Final pick, and we'll kind of have a wrap-up and a recap. Detroit Lions at 32nd overall. This could be a quarterback like Desmond Ritter. I wouldn't be surprised. This could be a wide receiver as well. If, they're, if the run isn't, like, as just terrible. Maybe not terrible is the best way. If the run isn't as, like, aggressive, like, Drake London and Traylon Burks and, you know, Jahan Dotson and all these players. They go in the teens and in the 20s. Like, they could potentially get a wide receiver. They could reach for a wide receiver. It could be a defensive player like a safety, like Lewis Sign, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Pietier out of Baylor. Be one of those guys. I'll say they just get Lewis Sign out of Georgia, and then we'll be done um, with the draft. But I also kind of want to comment, because while I have, like, a couple of minutes, I do want to comment on the second round as well, because I kind of hinted at it a little bit, right? So in my mock draft, Daxton Hill and Kyle Hamilton are like the only two safeties that go in um, <clears throat> in this year's draft in the first round. There's like two or three more, sa- like Jaquan Brisker, I feel like the safety out of Penn State could, is a first rounder. Lewis Sign is a first rounder, right? This is where I st- start getting into the opinion uh, editorial, the op-ed of uh, this mock draft. Like, I feel like Lewis Sign, Jaquan Brisker are first-round draft picks. For every moron that's like, I believe there's only 15 first-rounders in, in, in the first round. And it's just like, how is there 15 first-rounders? There's 32 picks. It doesn't make any sense. 
I think Roger McQuarrie is a first rounder, at least in my opinion. Nicobe Dean, in my opinion, is a first rounder. And he didn't go. Um, David Ajabo, I felt like was and is a first rounder, but he tore something in his Achilles and now he's hurt. So now he's not a first rounder. And then it's like the wide receivers that I have in the first round are like insane. Like Alec Pierce didn't go. I think George Pickens is kind of hovering in and around that first round. I don't know if if Christian Watson will be a first round selection, but he's there to me. There's like seven or eight wide receivers that I think are first rounders. Kenneth Walker, Brees. Did I draft Brees Hall? I didn't. I think he's a first rounder. Like there's a lot of players that are first rounders that didn't that didn't get selected. And then there's going to be such an interesting second and third round because I think there's going to be some really I talked about it yesterday where I was like I think there's a lot of great players kind of in I think there's not as many I think the second round first and foremost is like a pivotal round you should try and trade up into you try and get players in the second round especially statistically second round players trend better and last longer than first rounders and you hit more in the second round so I don't know why teams aren't trying to trade into the second round versus the first round it's less draft capital as well, but hey, you know, it is what it is. But for me personally speaking, there's so many awesome players that are coming out this year. There's going to be a run on quarterbacks as well. Like Matt Corral, I didn't select. Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong is like a third rounder. He may, somebody may take him in the third or excuse me, in the second round. Reese Hall, Isaiah Spiller. A lot of tight ends, in my opinion, are like second and third rounders. Trey, uh, Trey McBride, uh, Greg Dolce, Isaiah Likely. Um, the Coastal Carolina tight end, Jeremy Ruckert. There's some really, really interesting tight ends coming out as well. Tyler Smith, the really, really raw prospect out of Tulsa. The offensive tackle, of course. Bernard Raymond, who everybody thought was a first-round draft pick. <laughs> Not a first-round draft pick at all ed ingram is like one of my favorite guards in the draft he's probably gonna have a nice run in the second round any more defensive players travis jones is like borderline a first round draft pick demarvin leal the edge not the edge the defensive tackle out of a&m uh who also had like a terrible horrible god-awful year last year Fedarian mathis and perion winfrey as well are in that group of really really awesome interesting defensive tackles that are second rounders for sure edge rushers we've already oh yeah drake jackson and cameron thomas are really really interesting prospects and and players uh i don't know how to say his name my jai Majai sanders nick bonito kingsley and Eggbar jr all of those edge rushers are really really interesting players that i would feel very very comfortable taking in the second round i would uh, like to just take a shot Again, I'd have Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, Chad Muma, Christian Harris, you know, Troy Anderson, all like second round, second, third. Like some of them are like borderline. Nicobe Dean's a first rounder. Some of those guys are like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been like shocked if somebody at the tail end, like in the 30s of the first round would have taken him. I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. Cornerbacks, Roger McQuarrie, Derek, Der I think Derek Singley is a second rounder. Roger McQuarrie, Derek Stingley, Kyler Gordon, Kobe Bryant. A lot of really, really interesting players 
are hovering in and around the second round. And then obviously a lot of the uh, the safeties, again, Lewis Sign, Jaquan Bisker, Jalen Petier, and uh, like uh, Nick Cross, who I'm not like super, super high on, but he's still like a third round draft pick. But there's a lot of really, really interesting players that are going to come out tomorrow and even on Friday. And I'll be here to cover them as well. That was my mock draft. I got a burp, hold on. Excuse me. That was my kind of like final mock draft that we're going to discuss and talk about and things of that nature. And I'm so excited to finally not talk about mock drafts and we're actually finally going to talk about reality. I'm super excited. Anyways, this has been 24th podcast. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, will we... I'm like, will I, I, I don't know how I'm going to approach the draft. I still don't know. It's so weird. It's like, will I approach it like, will I essentially go about it um, an hour before or an hour after? I don't know. I'm lost. It's weird. But I'll be here tomorrow. I think I'll start an hour after the draft begins and then I'll go get into it. I think that's like one of the best ways. To, um, to cover the draft so that way we're not here for like three hours watching commercials and things of that nature. And I'll try to avoid Twitter as best as I possibly can. Probably won't happen though. Anyways, I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you, or not even tonight. I'm literally recording this at 1240. I'll see you tomorrow, bright and early, for the draft. Ladies and gentlemen, 24's podcast.